Am I really losing my mind? Did I imagine he had feelings for me? Were we not flirting in many sessions? Were some of my sessions going longer than normal? Were we emailing and texting back and forth outside of the sessions? Did we talk about things that have absolutely nothing to do with therapy? Did he give me compliments all the time? Did I visit him in his hometown on two occasions going out of my way to see him? Did we joke about doing fun things together outside of therapy, going on a retreat together? All of this, and I'm the one who has transference, and I'm the one who has used therapy as a testing ground in hopes that I will learn something that I can use in the real world. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's what was supposed to happen. But there was more going on in our therapy than just that. But that's what he said. It was all me. No counter-transference for him whatsoever. He was just helping me out. Wow. How did I start this therapeutic alliance? Well, if you stay with me, you will hear how it started and how it ended. You will also get insight as to how a therapist who denies countertransference or even who actually acts on his countertransference affects an individual emotionally and mentally and in some forms physically. So just stay with me throughout this podcast and it will probably be the most interesting one you will ever listen to. My name is Elaine, and this is where it all begins. I got engaged to a man I love dearly, but after four and a half years together and an engagement, our relationship started to fall apart. All of a sudden, I realized I was compromising my own beliefs and accepting things I would normally never accept. So I started praying and asking God for guidance. You know, one of the biggest things I was doing was I... What I was accepting was the fact that he considered himself agnostic on one day and an atheist on the next day. I did disagree with both because I'm a Christian. So, of course, I was battling with that for pretty much the entire relationship. And I needed help. So I started praying and asking God for guidance. Our wedding day was scheduled for July 7, 2017, and time was moving fast. So I prayed often. On the first Saturday in February, I left home upset with my fiance because he stayed out with his friends late Friday night while I officiated a high school basketball game. I had another game on that Saturday morning in Ellicott, Colorado. So as as I left the house to drive to Ellicott, I started praying and asking God for guidance. I was on my way to a tournament game, and this was a big tournament. I mean, it was for the state playoffs, so it was important to the players and to the coaches. So I was really amazed as to how my mind was able to shut down my thoughts about my fiance, and I was able to focus on the game and do a good job. But after the game, I got in my car and started driving back home to Colorado Springs, and all of those thoughts came right back, and I started praying again. At some point, as I got close to home, I said, God, whatsoever I say to him when I walk back into this house, that's what I'm going with. I'm going to speak it and not regret it. So I walk upstairs. I approach my fiance and I said, I'm done. This relationship is over. It's not working for me. We are not getting married. I also tell him, you don't have to move out today, but at some point you have to find somewhere else to live. But I'm willing to work with you. He had this shocked look on his face, 
but just responded to me with, okay, got up, walked out of the house and left for the evening, returning on Sunday morning to pick his son up to take him to breakfast. I was sad, but I didn't regret it. I knew I had made the right decision. The next few weeks and months were very difficult as I transitioned from having a family to being alone. The first time it really hit me was the day I sat down at the dining room table alone. We ate dinner together every night, but now it was just me staring out the dining room window. I almost felt pitiful. I just It was just a sad occasion for me. It took me weeks to tell my family and friends because I was so embarrassed. But to my amazement, they were all supportive when I did tell them. Our wedding day came fast. But instead of celebrating a wedding, I celebrated a dodging bullet party. Literally, my family and my friends rented a room at a restaurant and titled the party, titled the party Dodging the Bullet. It was fun during the party, but I was very sad because my life was going through some drastic changes. By this time, my fiance and I were on speaking terms, and on a few occasions, we thought about getting back together. But there were changes we both needed to make. The one change he asked of me was for me to get help with my anger management. I was in shock when he requested this, and I kind of laughed it off. Not me. Elaine doesn't need anger management. I don't yell. I don't scream. I don't use profanity. I don't throw things. What I do is I get very quiet, and I hold whatever it is it is in for days, weeks, months, maybe even years. I don't know. And when I'm forced to resolve whatever it is, I do it in a very calm, monotone voice as to not to display anger. How is this anger management, I asked. I was so confused, but confused enough to research it. Wow. <laughs> the way I process and work through my anger is to bury it inside. And it is considered a mild form of anger management, meaning I don't know how to process my emotions. My fiance was right. Oh boy, that kills me to say something like that, but he was right. Now I'm intrigued with learning more about my anger management issues and obviously I need help. So I decide to ask on my next visit with my primary care physician if he would refer me for counseling. This moment was very funny. When I asked him if I could have a referral, he looked at me and with this weird expression on his face like, what? And then he said, why? I laughed and I said, I have some things I need to work on and I think therapy will help. The next day I received a call from the VA in Salt Lake City Mental Health to set up an appointment with a therapist. I remember the lady on the phone asking if I had a preference of male or female and I said no. Now I wish I had said yes. She says, good, we have a male therapist who is receiving new clients. One, one week later, I was in my first appointment. November 4, 2017, I remember our first session very well. I saw him build teleconference at the VA hospital in Colorado Springs, and he was actually in Salt Lake City. I could see him very well on the screen, and he could see me very well. He was this weird, nerdy-looking man who had a mesmerizing voice. Very reserved, but nice enough, and was there to help me. I told him why I was there, but I believe the root of my problems came from something that happened in the military. My problems weren't just calling off my engagement and anger management. All of my relationships ended because I freaked out months or years later about something. But the something 
where things I pretend to be to be okay with, and then eventually I will become overwhelmed with having to keep this false pretense up and end the relationship. I told my therapist I needed help because I was a victim of military sexual trauma. I finally said it out loud to someone. Yay, finally. So the first session we discussed an outline of what therapy would look like, and we agreed to meet weekly. And we also agreed that I will be a willing participant and complete all of the homework assignments given and to actively participate during our therapy sessions. I felt good about my decision to start therapy, and I like this therapy. Therapist, he is going to help me, I said. 